The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome Raider Nation to the Raider Nation podcast. Yes, the season has begun. The Raiders start their first game coming up. My Little Ponies, that and more here on Show 383. Well, before I get into the show, I have to say this. I just hope this year the Oakland Raiders get over the hump. They have to make it over the hump so we can start going downhill for a change. we got to make some improvement. You know. How happy would the Raider Nation be if the Raiders start winning some football games? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. Well, happier than a camel on Wednesday. You know what the camels say. <laughs> All right, Twitter Nation, on today's show, Terrell Pryor announced as starter. Wow, some big news coming out of the Raiders headquarters, but is it a wiki leak? We're going to talk about that and some more here about that story and the hot seat. Yeah, we're talking about the goddamn hot seat this time of the season. Haven't even played our first game and already mainstream media has everybody on the freaking hot seat on the Raiders. That is amazing. And a pregame for, yes, you guessed it, My Little Ponies. Yeah, they're not My Little Ponies at all. This is a tough football team with amazing defense and an offense that is firing on all cylinders last season. We got to hit on this because we're going into this buzzsaw, partner. And then, of course, the bone line, which is blowing up. I love you guys. This is a great bone line. Stay tuned for that because it is truly amazing. Terrell Pryor to start. Wow. Big surprise to me when I got tweeted this one. So what do you think? Well, I'm going to tell you what I think. Get out my business, my business. Stay the fuck up out my business. Because these niggas all up in my shit and it's my business, my business. Stay the fuck up out my business. I was truly blown away when I got the text that, uh, Terrell Pryor was announced as a starting quarterback. First of all, I didn't think Dennis Allen had the sack to do it. And you know what I'm talking about in that case. And second of all, I thought that it was too obvious that uh, Flynn was getting all the money and he would have to start as a quarterback because he's getting paid. So, evidently, the tendonitis is something that's causing this situation to happen. A lot of speculation but not a lot of talk from the coach or the general manager. Now, I believe Terrell Pryor should have every opportunity to succeed. I mean, come on. We got to see what he can do 
And you got to give this kid an entire year, no matter how painful that it is, because we need to see him improve towards as the year gets longer. And if that doesn't happen, well, there's a great snapshot on what we can expect, perhaps. But at least you got to give the kid this many snaps before you don't give him any more chances, because this is his swan song, people. This is the opportunity that quarterbacks look for their entire life from Pop Warner till pro to run the show, to be the man. I say this, Terrell Pryor wants to keep his job, can keep his job by doing the best job on the field. I mean, come on. He's got to see his receivers. He's got to look off. He's got to do all the things, call the defenses. He's got to do it all. And he has to do it all in an improving fashion. I don't expect him to be pro bowler this year. It would be nice. But the fact that he's there is good. The fact that Flynn is on the bench is a question. For me, I thought we'd start Flynn. His tendonitis would flare up uh, for sure. And then we'd see prior the rest of the year. That would be an easy one for me because, see, now you don't have anybody waiting in the wings. Poor Pryor, now, if he starts jacking things up, you're going to start hearing Flynn, Flynn, you know, just naturally. I don't know why, but you're going to hear a lot of that crap from the crowd. It's, it's a shame for him to have that hanging over him, but, hey, this is where the big boys play. You got to play with the big boys if you're going to be a big boy. Let's get behind this young man and just cheer him on to greatness, Raider Nation. Let's cheer him on when he comes out of the Coliseum for the home opener against the Jags. Let's give him all that he needs to succeed in the NFL. He needs to do it. Let's pray he can. I think he can. But we got to give this young man a chance. That's a big, big, big deal, man. This is his shot in the sun. And Flynn, he's going to have to sit on the bench another year. I'm a-hoping because this could be our hope, Red Nation, quarterback for the future. I hope he just improves all year. It would be truly amazing. And shut up some of them critics. You know what I'm saying. And that is all I have to say about that. Okay, let me get this straight. We haven't played a single game. No one has a clue what we're going to do this season. But... Dennis Allen and Reggie McKenzie are both on the hot seat. <laughs> well, they could be. Let's give them a chance anyway. Cry it out loud. Oh, it's too hot. Now I'd be the first one to say that Dennis Allen made some humongous dis- mistakes. And you can't just point at him either because it's really the duo the dynamic duo of Reggie McKenzie and Dennis Allen. But let me just talk to Dennis Allen for a, for a second. I think at the end of the day... You know, I, I look at his personality. There's a lot of people who say they like Hugh Jackson because he was so much more animated. And I'm disappointed that we didn't play as well as I think we can play. But um, that was one football game. Uh, we got nine more of these opportunities to go. We need to get better. I know that. I could see that as, as clear as anybody. And Gruden, because he was so much, you know, more emotional on the sideline, I'm telling you, 
This guy, Dennis Allen, is trying to emulate one guy that we haven't seen in many, many years, Tom Landry. That's I couldn't think about it, but it's true. Think about Landry. He never made stone-faced. <laughs> you can't find a smile in any of the films of the NFL films of Tom Landry. Okay? He, I, I'll tell you, Dennis Allen's definitely no Hank Stram. That's for sure. How in the world can all six of you miss a play like that? All six of you miss a play. Then the ball was knocked loose when he made contact. Boy, that's a bad call. Mr. Official, let me ask you something. How can six of you miss a play like that, huh? All six of you. The ball jumped out of there as soon as we made contact. He is his own personality, and who he is on the sideline, I don't give a crap. What I do give a crap is about the score and whether we win or lose a damn game. Okay, I don't care if he likes to smile or pick his nose or grab his crotch. As long as we're winning goddamn football games. So all these people talking about his demeanor on the sidelines, please get over it. It's between the lines that it has to count, and I don't give a shit where Dennis Allen, what his personality is, as long as we're winning. Which brings me to last season, because this is why... I think the lot lot of the hot seat talk is coming from four coaches, four main coaches. This is the core of your coaching organization were bombs. They were bombs. Greg, take a dirt nap and crew. Reggie came in and cleaned house all right, but he left a lot of empty spots that he allowed the knucklehead crew to come in. I mean, that to me is also his decision. He brought Nap in. He was also one of these guys that brought these other knuckleheads in. And it's like next last year never happened. Nobody ever talks to them about the four coaches that were dismissed because of their lack of performance. And you could see the coaching sucked all year. Waste of a season for sure. I mean, <laughs> talk about a waste of a year. So here we come in this year. And Dennis Allen and Reggie have hired the four coaches, which I like. I like them all. I like Tarver. Uh, Olsen is a question mark, really. Uh, We'll have to see, but he doesn't seem to me to be the guy. has never succeeded anywhere else. So this would be his first swan song into success after 25 years of coaching. I want you guys to know that and believe it and watch it on the field because that's what we're judging, too is Greg Olson. So, (laughs) the coach is on the hot seat. Let's talk about this uh, 95-7, the game. What would it take for the coaches to keep their jobs? Now, I say Allen keeps his jobs. If we go 500, I say he will keep his job. We go two wins. He better not keep his job. I don't think his job is safe. I think at six, he's got a 50-50 shot. Let's hear what they got to say at 95.7 The Game about Allen and all of that. What is it? Let's hear it. Did anybody have their opinions altered or changed about this Raiders team? Did anybody view Dennis Allen in different terms over the last four preseason games? Or is this basically what you knew you were getting into? Now, before the show, so that means about 5.50 a.m., Matt Steinmetz comes in with a smile and a coffee in a good mood. But you raise the question. It's worth talking about. Is there any way? Any scenario that Dennis Allen can just retain his job. 
Well, that's a very tough question because I'd like to start by saying I believe anybody and everybody deserves three years. But, of course, it's the NFL, and it's the Raiders. You don't get three years. We've seen them shuffle coaches throughout the years. But with Dennis Allen, I think most people expect them to have a 4-12 and type of season. And then in the offseason, are we really going to say he should be back? Or is it going to be bringing Gruden or somebody else who seems to have complete command when he's on the sidelines? Well, I think the scenario that you have to envision for Dennis Allen to keep his job is unrealistic. I don't even think if the Raiders go 8-8 eight and eight, that he would keep his job. Really? I really don't. He'd be coach of the year if he no, went 8-8. He, eight eight. he wouldn't. <laughs> he wouldn't be the coach of the year at 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, I actually think they would have to make the playoffs. I think they would have to do something so wow. resounding that he would stay. There, Look, I, there's one thing. I don't want to get on Dennis Allen here, but it's, I guess I guess I may a little bit. Sure, an observation on the surface. This is just an observation. What? And I said this at the break. The one thing to me that all great coaches share, the characteristic that all great coaches share at every level and every sport is that the great ones all have presence. And I just don't see a presence from Dennis Allen. I, I don't, when I look at him... I don't feel like he's in he's in charge of the football team. Obviously, he is as a coach, but I'm not getting the sense that he's he's a big time leader. That he's got the respect in that locker room. You know, let's face it. Yes, Jim Harbaugh had a track record at Stanford, but that doesn't mean anything coming into the NFL. And in two years, Jim Harbaugh uh, coached so well that he demanded respect. Dennis Allen has to get to that point by the end of the year, and I just don't I just don't see it. Well, it's always a big debate, and this is just based on what fans see on the sidelines, because there's so much we don't see. But when you say presence, you're picturing Parcells. You're picturing Ditka. You're picturing Harbaugh, let's be honest. We Belichick. I'm picturing, I, I think Pete Carroll has presence. Presence. Well, I see what you see. And I hate to beat up Dennis Allen based on his sideline demeanor, but the guy has zero expression on his face throughout the game. I've never seen him smile, and I've never seen him angry. Now, maybe I'm missing something, but that stoic look is something that I don't enjoy seeing. I do like a fired-up coach on the sidelines. Not saying it always translates to wins, but I do like seeing a coach capture the emotion of a game. Dennis Allen yesterday, it's like a deer in the headlights all four quarters. Well, the one thing he does, too, that that I, I dislike, although I know why he's doing it, is... You know, you do a sideline interview with him at halftime, and you find that he's talking about how he's overall pretty pleased with the way the offense played and, you know, uh, how Terrell had a handle. They scored three points. You know, they scored three points, and he's talking about how, you know, by and large, the offense didn't look bad. I mean, you know, I think I think it's going to be a situation where He'll lose his job, and it'll be one of those situations where people say, you know, he was the kind of coach that got, you know, he took us two years in, but we need another coach to take us to the next level. That will be the cry once once I think he's out of here. I don't think it needs to be nearly as dramatic as Steiny's talking about for him to keep his job uh, for one more year. Now, beyond that, I think it's, you know, there's some questions that exist, but to me... I think he keeps his job if they're what I call, and I've said this before in different shows, an energetic six and ten, because six and ten would be a two game improvement, 
And if the defense flies around in particular because the defense is, that's his, he's a defensive coach, that's his background. If the defense plays somewhat better than expected and they can get a win or two more than is expected and they're competitive, there's other games where, yeah, they win five or six, but there's other games that they could have won if this or if that had gone a different way. As long as he's not the one that's deemed to be directly responsible for, he should have called the timeout or he should have done this, or as long as he's not deemed responsible directly for the loss, I think he can survive that. Now, I will also say, though, that I think it's extremely unlikely, looking at the Raiders right now, that they can give you that sort of energetic 6-10. and ten. But I do think it is possible, and I do think that that's a way that he would keep his job for one more year. Then I think you're on to something. If they add talent, they add salary, which that's, they will see, be able to do, and then what, they still can't get over the that's, hump, that to me, then to me he's done in year three. But I, I think that's what's going to work him against him work against him after this year is because let's say they go an energetic uh, six and ten. See, then I think he gets the opportunity. But but see, I I disagree with you there, and I'll tell you why, is because by the point they finish the season, they are going to have a handle on what kind of coach Dennis Allen is. And see, I think that, I think there are doubts now within the organization whether Dennis Allen can get it done. And I think that even if they make some marginal progress Knowing that next year they have money to go out and spend, I think there'll be a view within the organization that bringing Dennis Allen back for the third year may be a waste of a year because you know you're not. So they may say, no, let's get a new coach in here with a bunch of our new personnel, which we expect to have with the holdovers from our first draft or first and second draft class, uh, which which uh, is now coming to fruition. I just see. don't, I don't see, I don't see Allen here very long. Well, he has no track record either. You can't hang your hat on, you know, he had a great run with the Eagles three years ago. This is all we know about Dennis Allen, and we will soon find out how much Mark Davis has in common with his late father, Al, who would just rotate coaches, Art Shell, Lane Kiffin, Terrible Tom Cable, Hugh. I mean, the list goes on and on. Is it just going to be Dennis Allen a couple years and then a new one? It seems like the same rotation, but for the Raiders at this point, sure, they know their coach is on the hot seat. Sportsbook.com right now on the odds board, they have Rex Ryan as the favorite to be fired at minus 150, and then boom, right there, number two on the odds board, Dennis Allen at plus 200. Those are your odds of coaches on the hottest of hot seats. 888-957-9570 is the number. Rise, guys, here on a Friday morning on the Bay Area's new sound for sports, 95.7 The Game. Fabian in San Jose, welcome to the Raiders station. How are you, Fabian? Hey, good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Uh, why are we talking about Hugh Jackson here? I mean, you know, I'm a huge, you know, huge fan of Hugh Jackson, I watch him on uh, Hard Knocks with the Bengals, and just the way he interacts with the players, man, it's just, you know, I know he made some, some, some you know, the whole Carson Palmer trade, and I wasn't too happy about that, but just the swag that he brought to the team, you know, going from that now to Dennis, the guy, I mean, the guy is so boring. He doesn't, I, I see nothing from the guy, right? So why aren't we talking about Hugh Jackson, and why do we initially let him go? So I, I think that's what we should be talking about here, I Dennis Allen, he's, I, don't, I don't see anything from the guy. Gotcha. Thanks, I hear Fabian. you. I hear you. The new regime you know, couldn't trust him, and I think that's a main right. point as to why he wasn't retained, sort of to answer that question. You want to have a guy that you trust if you're Reggie McKenzie, not a guy that was around, and the perception was that he was a major part 
of a lot of the drama. Carson Palmer, the aftermath of, of Al Davis passing away, and the way that team ultimately went from seven and four, looking like a playoff lock, to eight and eight, and a very bad exit on the final day of the season. And then, while he was a positive guy, and he had that presence that you're talking about, I felt with the players throughout the entire year. And when they lost the last game of the year, Steiny, to San Diego, and it went from 7-4 to 8-8 eight and eight and they were out, I think he torched it. I think he torched his locker room. I think he lost everybody in the locker room when he came out. After having everybody's back publicly, he came out when they ultimately didn't win. Because I think he believed they were going to make it through, and he was going to be able to stand up there at that press conference and say, well, we battled, we got our way through it, it didn't look good, but we found a way. And when the reality hit him that he was not going to be able to stand up in that press conference, I think he lost his mind, and I think he annihilated everyone. Right. And I think he lost the team and the franchise at that point. And Reggie McKenzie, there's no way that he was going to be trusted. As premature as I think it is to judge the Dennis Allen dynasty, it's the same way I feel about Reggie McKenzie. You know, let's just wait and see if he's a great evaluator of talent. We won't know for two seasons. We're not going to know whether his draft class did very well or not. I do know that his pick of uh, Tyler Wilson in the fourth round was, I don't know, man. He seemed good in camp. Maybe that's what they look for, but there's not been very many quarterbacks and picked it in the fourth round and done crap. Mike Kafka, Kafka, excuse me, Stephen McGee, uh, LaFornes, Kyle Orton, Luke McCown, all those guys were picked in the fourth round and they never got very far. Shit, it's hard to get a first round quarterback to do very well. So I'm just wondering, maybe that wasn't the great pick that it was. Maybe picking in need in certain situations is better. I've heard it. I know you picked the best guy. I don't know if this is the best guy for the team, for crying out loud. I don't know. But I know that was one of the questionable moves of Reggie McKenzie. Uh, You know, the keeping of the two punters and four quarterbacks and Tyler Wilson, I mean, our team is not in a position we could throw fourth-round picks away, I think. A fourth round's pretty high, and you should be able to get a pretty good player at the fourth round, I think. Uh, maybe not a quarterback, but maybe another position. I don't know. I'm not a general manager. But I do know this. They are talking about this at 95-7, the game. What about Reggie's job? Let's hear about that. They got some great takes. What's up? Target a draft when you stink, yeah. as opposed to when you're really good. Well, when you're a bad yeah. team, though, a great draft can completely change things. We see that every year. There's always a bad team that turns everything around based on We, we don't young know it's a talent. bad draft yet. It's a risky draft, though. You have some guys who are inexperienced, it is. some guys who have no chance to make an impact, and then your first rounder, I really pray for DJ Hayden, but that injury is no joke. We're allowed to bring it up because he may be viewed as an injury-prone type of cornerback. There's some question marks in terms of you just don't know. I don't think they're alarming when you look at the top of the draft. Wilson, I agree, that that is probably the shakiest of all right now, but if you go below that, you know, Latavius Murray was a running back that was probably going to make the team. This is a, a, a sixth-round pick that was probably going to make the team before he got hurt as the third-string running back. Uh, the, a number of tight ends have been brought in uh, as well. Bryce Butler was a seventh-rounder that's going to be uh, in their wide receiver rotation. I like He's, that pick, actually. Okay, well, that's a seventh-round pick. I mean, that's a, that's, I mean, if you're hitting on seventh-round picks for guys that are going to be your three or your four wide receiver, 
That's but that's solid. Yeah, I mean, but the that, qu- that, question you get, is, you get a little, you get no, a point def- forward for that. Absolutely, and and but here's the other thing that you got to weigh in: uh, how many teams would these guys be playing for? That's fair. I mean, more than fair. does Menelik Watson get on the field as a 49er? Well, absolutely not. I mean, is that safe to say? Menelik Watson well, probably yeah. isn't going to be starting on he's the not, 49ers. He's not replacing Joe State. Exactly. And so, uh, you know, that's the question, too. It's like Bryce Butler. Yeah, he's not nice. You know, he's really nice, pleasant surprise for number seven. Who knows? If he were in Denver's camp, he might have been cut by now. So, you, you know, that's, that's also got to. I, I think what you do is you try to hit, you try to make real good picks the first three or four rounds. Uh, and then after that, you want to, you want a couple guys who you can maybe, develop over the course of a couple years so that two or three years after the draft, all of a sudden your fourth, fourth or fifth round picks playing. And then maybe you get lucky with a couple late ones. How many uh, years do you uh, grade a draft class? How many years do you give it? I, I, I if you're going to be rational. I think at least two. I agree. At least two. I say it looks shaky. I'm not trying to draft or, or grade the draft right now. Like if now. A.J. Jenkins do, doesn't do anything for the Chiefs this year, you know, I, I think it's fair to say... He's got some issues. Sure, and first round picks always same receive with, more uh, pressure. Same with Bowman, though. But even Menelik Watson, and I remember listening. Baldwin, I'm sorry, to Baldwin Steiny. When it came to picking a rookie that you expect big things from, you said Menelik Watson. You know, this offensive line obviously needs a boost. But when you learn about his story, he is the definition of a project. I mean, here is a raw guy. They're trying to mold him into a left tackle right now. Wish him the best. I really do. But this is going to take some time. You don't get just thrown into the wolves and succeed immediately. It's very rare. Metalik Watson probably needs a year. DJ Hayden probably needs a year. Now, I know there's really no such thing as a can't miss, but this is a draft class that's going to need a couple, maybe even three years to really see the impact. So is that on Reggie McKenzie? Yeah. A lot of this is on Reggie McKenzie, even though I like the guy. There's some pressure on him, not just Dennis Allen. Well, with some of these top picks, you you need to start seeing it by the end of this year. I mean, DJ Hayden... By the end of this season, you need to be able to look at him and go, "All right, this guy, this guy looks like he's going to be a starting." Right, corner. we don't have to worry about this you know, position for eight years. Menelik Watson is another one where, by the end of the year, and granted, because of injuries for both players, you, you don't have a good feel. But I think the Raiders are actually at an advantage in that respect because of the expectation. By the end of the year, if Menelik Watson looks like a guy that can't play or there's still question, or DJ Hayden looks like a guy that isn't a starter, then I think you've got some concerns right away. And I don't care how many Bryce Butlers turn out to potentially be three or even two wide receivers, that doesn't outweigh the missing on the top-level picks. Hopefully it's just some smart football. Less penalties, some quality special teams, a secondary that could actually stay with a few receiving weapons. I mean, last year's mistakes were such remedial, Pop Warner-type mistakes. Hopefully they just have the look of a professional team this year. If we're taking baby steps, let's be honest. Last year was such a disaster. Just please allow this team to look like a professional team. Last night, there were moments where that secondary was just abused. The Raiders fall to the Seahawks 22-6. to On the flip side, the 49ers look pretty good. You didn't really get to see a lot of the starters, but they destroy the Chargers 41-6. to Look, let me say this. We haven't even started the season yet, and yes, I have a lot of doom and gloom about what we're going to do this year, but let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's just look at this. Do we want to have the rotation of coaches again? Do we want to start over again? 
We're going to start over with a general manager with a different plan. I think we got to give these guys a shot. We got to. Everybody makes a mistake. You know that's true. So let's just see what happens. We got to give them a couple years. We all knew it. It's frustrating. Yes, it's terribly frustrating for a, a fan base that is so insane for their team. I mean, there is no other like it. That is faux show. So let's not uh, get too emotional on Reggie and Allen as much as I want to point a finger. We got to hold to it. Stay on the ship. See where we go. All right. Reddit Nation, let's get to it. My little ponies. <laughs> they ain't my little ponies anymore. They're a brutal, very good football team. Defensively, they'll surprise you. Offensively, we've been talking about them all year last year. The Colts and the Raiders, what can we expect? The Oakland Raiders travel to Indy for this contest, and let me tell you what they're saying. They are saying we blow. They're saying that we have no chance, and we're 10-point dogs in this race. The odds makers have us. The only hope we have is that Indy's lost their last five first games, so there's the hope we have. <laughs> Listen, nobody knows the Raiders they have a lot of predictions. Hell, the Colts went 2-14 and 14 the year before they got Andrew Luck. Then they ended up in a playoff berth his first season. They're no joke. Their defense is tenacious and vicious. They take the ball away, and quite honestly, they have the one of the best offensive and defensive lines in the sport. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, what about the Raiders? What are we expected to do? I just want us to compete in this game. The weakness in the Colts is their outside edge, just like the Raiders. They get burned on the outside. They have been anyway. That could have been an improvement that, that happened this season, but let's look to that as our only hope if we can take the edge, and that's with Terrell Pryor. Let's just hope that his tenacity and his ability to scramble out and allow receivers a chance to get free will show some rewards this year. This is something we have to look forward to. We are a pig against the Colts. That's what everyone else is saying. I'm saying let's look for some competition. Let's look for some passion. Let's look for the Raiders to play the entire 60 minutes and put their whole heart into it. This is our team. We haven't seen it yet. This will be our first chance I think we'll do better than that. Some some people are saying the Raiders are, are, are headed for an 0-16 season already, and we haven't played a single down. I'm hoping to prove them wrong. I would love to beat my little ponies there at their house, and even if we do, it will be chalked up to something that the little ponies did wrong, not that the Raiders have improved that you can depend on for show. And that's about it, man. I got nothing else on the Colts game. Because, really, the Raiders, what are the expectations? Really? 
I mean, for me, a four-win season is realistic. A two-win season is possible. A six-win season would be tremendous. That's what I'm saying, and that is all I have to say about that. Let's hope that we compete for crying out freaking loud. It's time for the bone line. Let's get to it, man. My favorite part of the show, no doubt. Probably yours, too. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 1-800-620-7181. Get on the bone. You know what I mean, ladies? I'm always calling you out. There's a few out there that pick it up. You know what I mean? And you know who. You are. Don't forget to visit www.raidernationpodcast.com. Randy Kitts ass when it comes to our site. Anything you could possibly want to know, Raiders, is there. You got to see it to believe it. It's incredible. All right. The first caller. Who could it be? Well, it's Raider Jesse James up in the house, man. I like your attitude. What's up, Jesse? What's up, Raider Nation? It's Raider Jesse James out of Dallas, Texas. Want to give my two cents real quick. Um, listen, guys, uh, I was watching the preseason, I think, uh, last week when it was Patriots and Bills. Uh, the score was 28-3, to I believe, and the Bills were on top. The Colts have, I think, the worst preseason wins in NFL, um, and yet they're not the worst franchise. And neither are the Patriots. So can we please stop pressing this panic button on preseason, for God's sake? Let's go, Raiders. Bring on Andrew Luck. Let's see what we really have and then show the real place. Right, everybody out to be safe. I'm out. There you go, man. Great call. Because we haven't shown all the plays we have and the players. I mean, we got a, we got a rebuilding year here. You can see it. But that doesn't mean we're chumps. So let's just see what happens. Let's watch him play. I'm with you, brother. Great call. Great attitude and great perspective, really. And next we have my good brother, my friend, my tailgating partner. That would be the Bandito. One Jorge, what is up? What's up, Redder Gray? This is Bandito calling in. And I just want to talk a little bit about the game after letting it marinate for a little bit. And, um, you know, I told myself that going into this game, prior had to be perfect. And what I mean by that is prior had to not throw an interception, not throw, or and not fumble. Well, he threw one interception, but we saw how bad the offensive line was, even when he was there, even when he was starting. We saw how bad the offensive line played. So my conclusion is that Pryor needs to start still. I feel like we need to take our lumps, take our highs, take our lows with Pryor at the start of quarterback. One positive that I saw on the defense without having Woodson play because Usama Young got beat deep on one play. But one positive that I really, really saw, and it was a bright spot, Pat Sims. Big number 90. 
excuse me, that boy can ball. He was in the mix every single play. He was pushing the pile. He was getting in the backfield. And he was only one person, so he didn't make the play every single time. But he was wrecking havoc. And I like that from a defensive tackle. Especially from an unknown guy that we got, and nobody really knew who he was, Pat Sims. I sincerely believe he can get the job done. From what I saw today, and this was the first preseason game that he played, mind you, because he was injured, but boy, he can ball, and I'm excited for Pat Sims, honestly. So that's a little non-quarterback news. Going back to quarterback, I don't think Flynn can be our starter. I think it has to be Pryor. Now, Pryor made some questionable throws, yes. But he also made some plays that Flynn, under no circumstance, ever would be able to make. And Pryor was able to make those. So it'll be interesting to see what this coaching staff does for week one. Will Flynn's tendonitis in his elbow remain, resume, or will he automatically get better and start week one? We don't know. What I do know is this. Whoever starts, if it's not Pryor, if it's Flynn that starts in week one, it won't be long before Pryor starts. And I hate to say that, but it's the bottom line truth. Pryor is going to start at some point, whether it's week one or not. Terrell Pryor will be our starting quarterback at some point. And that's the bottom line, guys. That is the bottom line. And, you know, he didn't have McFadden. Um, which is huge. So he didn't have a huge part of the offense. And it's preseason. Let's be realistic about it. Pryor was probably playing hard, and everybody was probably playing hard because they're fighting for a roster spot. But let's be realistic about it. Every player fights harder in the regular season once they realize they made it. That's just the bottom line about it. Once the regular season hits, the level of intensity, the level of work ethic, the level of fight, the level of play just escalates during the regular season. That's just the way it is. That's why the regular season separates itself from the preseason, other than the fact that you have backups playing in the preseason. But anyways, the regular season is upon us, and it's next week, and we open up Indianapolis. Well. I believe it's going to be a tough task, no matter who starts, Flynn or Pryor. But I think we have a better chance with Pryor. And that's all i got to say about that. And, you know, that's just me letting it marinate after the game for a little bit. And that's what I came down to. So this is Bandito. I'm out. Well, evidently, Coach Allen heard you and probably every other Raider fan that uh, it's time. So... Let's just see what happens. I think Flynn's on the bench because of his tendonitis, really. Um, I don't know if Reggie McKenzie still wouldn't have started Flynn if he wasn't have been injured. I'm telling you. This is Pryor's moment in the sun. Let's hope he takes advantage of it and we don't talk about it again. Thanks for the call. And our next caller, haven't heard from him in some time, but 
It is West Side Pirate. What is up, my brother? What's up, Gregory? West Side Pirate Radio. Gregory, hey man, I got good news and I got bad news. I'll start with the bad news first, man. The Oakland Raiders this year, Greg, and you know me, man, I got a track record I don't miss. We're looking at um, a three or four game win season. Uh, this roster, uh, my <laughs> this roster does not add up. That was my opinion before the preseason started. I maintain that position and putting it on record before the season starts. Um, the uh, we that that's that's the bad news. Uh, the good news is is after this year there there's going to only be one place to go, and and that is up. Um, you know, it, this is my 40th year as a Raider fan. My uh, I'm about as old as you, Greg. The time goes by fast. A brother in public safety, as well too. Um, the years go by fast, man. My father started taking me to games in '74. This is my fourth decade watching this team, and Raiders history does not bode well for Terrell Pryor, not at all. He um, is an Al Davis draft pick. In all of Oakland Raiders history, we have only drafted one quarterback uh, successfully, and that was Kenny Stabler in the 1968 draft. He was a second-round pick, and that was the pick of Ron Wolf, the mentor of general manager Reggie McKenzie. Um, Davis let him have that pick. He took it. It's a part of his great legacy. As you know, Ron Wolf later left our team, went to the Packers, and only drafted Brett Favre. But in all of Raider history, yeah, only one uh, quarterback ever panned out in the draft. This last pick of Al Davis's Terrell Pryor specifically, will not redeem Al Davis's legacies uh, of quarterbacks. In fact, he, he probably will not be our starter. Matt Flynn, um, I put credence in stock in Ron Jaworski uh, in his assessments. He's, he's right up there with John Gruden as far as assessing quarterbacks. I place him above Gruden in his assessments of quarterbacks. And Flynn, you know, he's got that tendonitis going on. Um, the short to mid-range stuff looks, you know, fairly good, but wow, the offensive line will have to buy him time, you know, it it really will. I, I see one guaranteed victory, as I call it, and see it against Jacksonville on this roster. It's going to be a long year. Come April 2014, this following year. Uh, in the draft, we will once again be picking, uh, and this, I'm putting this prediction on record, we're going to be drafting in the first five picks once again, and we will be back to the drawing board shopping for a quarterback. You can mark my words on that. Um, we're going to need a quarterback at the end of the season. Maybe not just one, but probably a couple is what I wager. Um, so this is what I'm looking for, Greg out of this team this year. Uh, this season is a wash, period. And um, I'm looking for diamonds in the rough. 
uh, uh, players that we can develop, players that will make this roster the following year, um, and players that we hope to form a nucleus around to rebuild. I really think the secondary, the secondary is kind of a foreshadow of what the Raiders are going to do in time. And again, there's only one way up from here, and that uh, one place up from here that's up. This uh, uh, Reggie McKenzie did a good job of rebuilding that secondary. He just did. Um, the secondary is a foreshadow of what's going to happen with the rest of this team, unit by unit. If McKenzie's given time, and I hope Mark Davis gives it to him, we'll re- we will rebuild this team unit by unit. The secondary that he rebuilt this year proves it. I hope that they can stay healthy. We're we're already uh, in a, a mode of a little bit of bad luck with injuries once again, but um, that secondary looks good if these guys stay healthy. Um, and I think that that this whole team will get rebuilt unit by unit, given uh, McKenzie given enough time. The salary cap frees up after this year. We can go shopping. Uh, a big part of the problem this year's team was playing simple with money. We were hamstrung under the cap. Al Davis ran that credit card like there was no tomorrow. It left us hamstrung uh, and and just out of money. But that cap frees up next year. Uh, we'll be picking high again next year. I like what McKenzie's doing, but this Raider team is very much like an expansion franchise. Uh, the the Football, the business operations side of this organization, uh, spent so much money on these players in Al Davis's desperation to win a championship that it severely impacted the football operations side of the organization. No money, fifty million dollars versus of uh, uh, dead money versus the cap has left has left this team just hamstrung. And uh, so, I'm looking for diamonds in the rough. Players uh, that will make this roster next year, that we can develop, that will stick around, build a nucleus around for the coming years. But Gregory, you've never seen me miss, man. Uh, I mean, you know, my articles, radio work, uh, I just don't recall missing, man. It's going to be a long year, brother. It really is, man. I see three wins, four wins tops. We will be drafting in the top five picks. Right back at the drawing board for a quarterback. We need to bang the drum for a quarterback now and start lobbying this organization uh, to uh, really get that scouting staff uh, of theirs to search for a quarterback. We're going to need one uh, to get us through the balance of this decade and get back to a winning organization. But that, brother, is not going to happen this year. I've never missed, and I'm right on this once again. All right, man. Okay, Gregory, right around anyways. No place up, but up from here. All right, man. There he is, Westside Pirate. The guy's pretty smart, man. He knows what he's talking about. Been a very long, long dedicated Raider fan and been throwing it down for a long time. I'm hoping this is our quarterback forever. Don't you? I do. I hope we don't have to look at another quarterback for the next 10 years. We probably will next season, like you said, but I sure hope we got it figured out already. Like in every position, I hope we go six wins. I pray we could. 
Not likely. Most likely four, maybe even two. But either way, we got some rebuilding to do, like you said, and there's nowhere else to go but up. That's why we have no expectations for the year. Thank you for the call, my brother. Next, of course, my very good brother from the north. <laughs> yes, the great northwest. Rada Grant from Salem, Oregon. Brother, what is up? Hey, what's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation? This is Raider Grant up here in uh, Salem, Oregon. I uh, just got done listening to the latest podcast and just have to say I definitely appreciate Raider Chongo's uh, optimism. I wish I could be as optimistic as he was. Uh, hopefully he's optimistic for all of us. Uh, other than that, uh, I think I have to hop on board with the Raiders Edge. Very nice call. I couldn't say it better myself, brother. Still almost the exact same way. We've always been told that football is a game that is uh, played in the trenches. And there's a lot of, a lot of meaning to that. You know, you don't have a good uh, line on the offense or defensive side. It only is going to get your secondary and backfield beat up throughout the game. Getting beat up only leads to injuries. So not drafting, you know, some better linemen or finding free agents better linemen on the offensive line is, my 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 opinion, pathetic. You can't say, hey, J- Jared Valdir goes down and now the Raiders suck. Because that means that you were – had one-sixth of your line. You're depending on one-sixth of your line. That's one out of six guys. You're depending on that one guy. I know he's uh, the incredible Hulk, but on that note, dude, we got to get some help up front. You know, something about Dennis Allen. Uh, where, where was he when he's protecting our guys? Game against Chicago, Terrell Pryor gets hit out of bounds. He wasn't up screaming at the refs or anything. He just sat there with that plain old dumb look on his face like a deer in the headlights. This whole game against Seattle. Guys were pushing up off us. Every play, I know that shit happens throughout, throughout the NFL, but every play they're just shutting off our guy. You know, where was he over there screaming at the ref about that? Head coach needs to protect his boys. Because, you know, stuff like that leads to fights, guys getting kicked out of the league. You know, he's got to be the general of the team. And I just, I don't see that. I don't. I don't think Dennis Allen's the answer. We could give him five years, and you know what? He's still going to suck. I have no head coaching experience. Give me five years until I got a team that is competitive, full of a stable full of guys, and you know what? I'm going to look like a good head coach. So I don't know Dennis Allen, to me, isn't the answer. I'm glad the preseason's over. I can't wait to see what this year brings us and get going because, you know, everything will come to fruition at, at that time. And other than that, you know, did you guys see uh, Snoop Dogg? Oh, wait, uh, Snoop Lion out there with his uh, Seacock jersey on, taking pictures and posing with the Sea Hags. What a buster. Anyways, Poop Kitty Kitty, this one's for you. From the depths of the sea back to the block, Snoop Dogg claimed greater pride and then goes and sucks a Seacock. Don't your ass ever wear black, because after that shit buster, Raider Nation don't want you back. What? This is Raider Grant, and I'm out. And now you know why I love this caller. Great call, man. Great call, Raider Grant. I love it, man. Love it. Uh, you know what? Just <laughs> Snoop Dogg, whatever. 
I uh, can't get. <laughs> that was very well done. Yeah, that's what you get, Snoop Dogg, for just, well, being the buster that you are. Thanks for the call, man. You know what? We got a new season. We have to just watch it unfold. A lot of people say we suck. Well, we we hope we don't. <laughs> Thanks for the call. And next, from Temecula, my good brother, Raider Belong. What's up, brother? How's it going, Raider Greg? This is Raider Belong calling out of Temecula again. Uh, I just uh, wanted to go off topic about the game against the Seattle Seacocks. Uh, I thought they did okay, and I, I'm really impressed with Menedek Watson. How good can you be when you are put at a left tackle, you practice for a couple of days, and you're already kicking ass. I'm pretty excited about him. DJ Hayden, he is a baller. He is not afraid to tackle. He he is, has a good upside, and I hear nothing but positives. Honestly, I have to say I love Oakland. I love the Bay Area. Me and my wife went up there just to see the Raiders Stadium on an off season. That's how loyal I am. But living over here in Temecula, all you have is the Chargers. So I don't know. I think this year is going to be a deciding factor if the Raiders are going to stay in Oakland or move to L.A. Because it's good for fans in L.A. to see if they move up north. Because we really need a new stadium. I'm sick and tired of seeing that fucking baseball field and seeing the A's up on the stands watching the game. Like, who isn't fucking tired of that? Like, we need a new stadium. Like, if Wolken builds a new stadium, that's going to be great, but I don't think it will happen. I don't think it's going to happen, especially with all the financial troubles the cities are having. But if they move to L.A., it's not going to be as far. not going to be as far as for the fans here in L.A. and San Diego. It's going to be another, more home games, and I'll be able to get a season ticket. Just want to say a big fan. Can't wait till the season starts. I changed my whole work schedule just to watch the games. Repping silver and black. I'm out. Well, brother, I hope Benelik Watson continues to grow and learn. You know, he didn't really get tested there. That was not the test. The test will be on Sunday. And DJ Hayden looked pretty good, too. He's going to make some mistakes, but I think he's going to be a good player. I hope Watson works out, though. That's a big, big, big place to be. He looks like he's a stud, too. As far as them moving to L.A., I, I've been saying it for a while. I think that's the only place that has any money. So I think they will be moving there. But uh, I'd like them to stay here. I certainly would. But I can't do anything about either thing. So if they're there, then I'll go there. If they're here, I'll go here. You know what I mean exactly. Thanks for the call, brother. And next we have the Razor City Raider. From Gillette, Wyoming, what is happening there, man? I know it's starting to get cold. That's for sure. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is the Razor City Radio from Cold Country, USA, Gillette, Wyoming. I just want to say I love the podcast. Thanks for all that you do, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. I thought the D-line was great. Hopefully this isn't longer than three minutes, um, but I thought the D-line was great in the Seahawks game most of the time I'm five hours from Bronco country just north of them kind of sucks so I get to hear the Raider games on Sirius XM but I thought the D-line was great they put pressure on the QB uh, from what I get to watch I get to watch it this morning against the uh, Seacocks 
we got some sacks. Number 97, I think he's very fast for a big guy, that Carter. 71 for the whole line that Watson did great. He was a beast in the position for first-time appearance. Oh, what was it? Uh, number 70, Bergstrom, I saw. He got worked over almost every down, wasn't looking good. Back to the defense, uh, the linebackers, you know, they were okay. Couldn't really stop the short rocks being thrown to the tight ends and the running backs. But uh, that Roach, he'll be, he'll be great this year with Seal Moore. Um, they did really good just throwing the ball short, you know, to the running backs and the tight ends. That kind of pissed me off. They were gaining hella yards on us, controlling the clock. But our defense, I mean, that run stop D was just, it was great. I thought it was really good. Um, you know, my thoughts on Pryor, I think uh, Money Man has spoken. I uh, hated him last year. It was sick of hearing his voice on the podcast. Kind of pissed me off every time we got on. But, you know, that was just kind of. I thought Palmer did good. He loved to throw the INTs, but now I'm glad as hell that he's gone. That son of a bitch. But uh, my thoughts on Pryor, he should run less. I think he, he decided to run too much. I thought it was probably spoke of during halftime when McGloin came out. But uh, that first sack, he definitely could have dumped it off to number 27, that running back. So that kind of pissed me off. He decided to run and took a sack. INT, he uh, saw the pocket collapsing, and uh, he must have been told not to run or something. I don't know what the hell happened there, but he could have dumped it off to 27 again. Wide the hell open, just five yards out in front of him, and throws the long bomb, a prayer, a Palmer prayer, and uh, got picked off. So he needs to kind of pay attention to that. A rookie mistake. Um, and just running too much, being winded, looked aghast. I mean, he was breathing hard when we were in the end zone there. So, you know, rookie mistakes like that, he'll watch the tape and learn. And, and uh, you know, maybe he'll watch uh, how they were dumping it off from tight ends to running backs. I think by probably week six, the regular season, if, if we start prior for sure, um, I think, you know, give him six, six games. It might be a little long, but I think that he'll – he'll figure it out and know to dump it short instead of running all the time unless he has to. Um, that's almost all I have. Just uh, my thoughts on Pryor and Watson. I thought Watson was really good. He, he'll do good for us, I think, right there. And uh, and the fucking Snoop Douche deal. Oh, that pissed me off. Fuck Snoop Douche. Snoop Dog, a.k.a. Snoop Line. What a piece of shit, man. Get off that crack pipe. And, uh Wow old Raider fan. What happened in California love up there? Seacockland. What a, ah, that's all I got to say about that. But thanks for the podcast. I'm glad I got somewhere to dump my two cents down. Uh, Raider love, Raider nation, Raider city Raider. And I'm out. First off, thanks for the props, man. We love hearing it. It's important to us that we're reaching out and get to that Raider fan out there in the middle of nowhere. Literally, <laughs> but Pryor's a work in progress. Let's hope that he gets better because if he doesn't, then we will be looking for another quarterback next off season. That's a fact because Flynn doesn't seem to be the answer. $7 million man. Hey man, this, this, this year <laughs> it's a work in progress. I say no expectations. That's true. Thanks for the call, brother. Our next caller, Anthony, out of Bellingham, Washington. 
Hey, man, what's happening up there? You guys in the north, northwest are, are, are hitting it hard. What's up? What's up, Raider Greg? Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is Anthony out of Bellingham, Washington. Uh, just calling in, watched, uh, watched the game on Thursday. I was down there in Seattle. All I can say is uh, I got no expectations, no high expectations of this season. It uh, looks like Pryor's going to probably end up being the guy. I just hope that we got to get a fucking offensive line that could just protect him this way. Uh, he doesn't get hurt or anything. Um, you know, the team is, it is what it is with these guys. Um, you know, I hope that DMC could, could uh, finish out the year. Hope that he uh, stays healthy. Uh, just got no real big expectations. I mean, looking at looking at our schedule, you know, anything that's a five or six, you know, five or six game win is a success in my book. And then uh, you know, rebuild it after 2014. But uh, I'm excited that the year is starting. Uh, hope that uh, we kick Andrew Luck's ass in Indianapolis on Sunday. And that's all I got. Go Raiders! Well, there you go, man. See, no expectations. No expectations is what it's about. Just enjoy what we have, and hopefully we'll find some good parts of our team that we can carry on to next year when we do some serious rebuilding. Thank you for the call, brother. Our next caller is an insane Raider fan and a very, very, very good guy. My very good friend, the Crusader Raider Keith Smith. Check it out. You know, this guy comes over and sees this team regardless of what they're doing. This is the passion of the Raider fan. He's going to be coming here many, many times this year. Check out this call. This is Raider Nation. Hello, Raider Nation. This is Keith Smith, the Crusader Raider, calling you from London, England. Cue the music, Randy. Just a quick call, uh, guys, uh, to put out uh, details on this year's tours. Uh, I'm flying in on November the 1st uh, from London Heathrow to San Francisco, and we'll be in town for the Raiders for the Eagles game on November the 3rd. Uh, then I'm heading off to, to New York uh, the following weekend uh, to be representing the Raiders against the Giants on November the 10th before flying back uh, to the Bay Area to attend the Belitnikov Crab Feed, which is always a fantastic uh, fundraiser for Fred and Angela Belitnikov and the Foundation. That's taking place on November the 15th uh, at the Marriott Hotel in San Ramon, and hopefully uh, some of you guys can make it along there and we can sit together and uh, have a good party there um, and support the uh, Foundation at the same time. Then the following morning, back down to the airport again as the Crusader Raider heads off on leg three of the tour, uh, when I'm leaving San Francisco and heading to Houston, Texas to see the Raiders beat the Texans in uh, Reliant Park. A uh, little bit of touristy bits and pieces then down there before heading back to London on November the 20th. And then I'm back in London for two weeks and then back again for the Jets game when the, the Raiders go and black out New York City. So um, four Raiders games for the Crusader of the Raider this year. Really looking forward to them. Looking forward to catching up with you guys. 
and catching up with the uh, Raider fans around the world as uh, we represent the worldwide Raider nation from here in London, England. Also looking forward to the two games we've got in uh, London on the last weekend in September. Uh, the Vikings and the Steelers are playing at Wembley Stadium and then the, at the end of uh, October we have the 49ers coming in to play the Jaguars. And who knows, the Jaguars might be the 49ers, just for, uh, you know, stranger things have happened. So it's been a long while since I've left the message on the bone line. Um, looking forward to hooking up with you guys at Ricky's, at uh, the 66 Mob, at uh, the Crab Feed, at the Games. Um, can't wait for November to come round. Really excited about Raider football. I know it's a tough time when we look at our team, when we look at the players that we haven't got anymore. But then we've got the hope that uh, some of these guys might have a bit more hunger and, and passion to, to want to actually play football and want to wear that silver and black with the pride that he deserves. And I know the two guys from, from England, which I'm very proud, obviously, as Crusader Raiders, to, to welcome them to the team. Uh, and I hope that they do their bit. Uh, Menelik Watson and Jack Crawford. Uh, Menelik's from Manchester in, in England and uh, Jack's from, from London, England, not far from where where I live. And uh, I'm hoping that they can make a, uh, make a difference to the team and, and, and give us some stability this year uh, as we go forward. We can't be any worse than last year. I'm not sorry to see a lot of the players go. Lots of them didn't have the fight or the passion to fight. And uh, that was quite evident in, in the games that I've witnessed last year. So um, I'm hoping that some of these guys coming in, they want to have a chance. You know, they're going to take their opportunity. They're going to play with hunger. They're going to hit people hard. They're going to make the catches when they need to make the catches and make the right decisions. Greg and Randy, thanks as always for the fantastic show and thanks for uh, all the messages that different people have been putting out. Look forward to seeing you guys soon. And this is Keith Smith, the Crusader Raider. I'm out. Well, there he is. And you know what? The guy is a great guy. I mean, uh, Loyal, loyal fan. You should see his house. It's crazy Raider. He is a dedicated fan, a good person, and I'm proud to be his friend. And if you get a chance to see him in any of these ga games or venues, get on over there, man. Give the guy a handshake. He's a great, great fan. Thank you for the call, brother. Always good. Look forward to seeing you there at the Coliseum. Our next caller is truly one of my very favorite ever on this show. He is a personality indeed, with no doubt. Check him out, my friend. Z-Money! What is up, partner? Raider Nation, what's going on, baby? It's your boy, Z-Money. I'm back. Yo, I'm throwing my fucking bones down, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. What's good, fellas? How y'all doing? Hey, listen, I know it's two, three minutes, so I'm going to try to keep it to that. Just want to elaborate on a few things. Uh, my man, I don't know, fellas. It looks like it's going to be another fucking dismal season, man. I don't see us winning more than two fucking games this year, man. Seriously. I'm glad Terrell Price is the starter. He should have been the starter last season. Going into this year, he would have had way more experience. He would have been better off, but I'm so glad he's starting. That's good. He needs to be the starter because if Matt Flynn starts, we won't win a fucking game. Uh, yo, I just want to say a couple of years back, man, when we were 8-8, eight and eight, man, we had a nice team, and Reggie McKenzie came and fucked the whole organization up, man. He fucked this organization up. He fucking got rid of the whole offense, got rid of the whole defense, got rid of Hugh Jackson, which I really wasn't crazy about, but at least the fucking guy got us to 8-8. Eight and eight. I mean, 
we were we were turning the corner. We were right there. We were going to be, the, you know, we were going to be making the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? If we had kept everybody intact, kept Jason Campbell as a starter, Terrell Pryor backing him up, kept Michael Bush, kept all these guys. We just, he came in here, ever since Reggie McKenzie came here, man, he fucked this organization up, man. And I'm going to tell you something, he set us back 10 years. He set us back a fucking another decade. We ain't going to win, we ain't going to make the playoffs for another decade. So, just brace yourself, realize it, confront it, accept it. <laughs> we ain't going nowhere for at least another 9, 10 fucking years, man. And this year is going to be no different. We'll be lucky to win fucking three, three games, three games tops. If I'm wrong, I'll call back to the bone line and I'll apologize. But if I'm not, then you heard it first from C-Money. And I don't fuck around, you know I bring it. So that's what it is. I'm, my time is up. Two to three minutes, I'm done. Ready to Greg, ready to Randy. Yo, fellas, much love to you. Your boy is out. Well, McKinsey had to make some changes, man, because we were in purgatory. As far as owing money, he had to do a lot of stuff. You know, I got to take my hat off to him for that. But what we have is what we have. This is where we have to start. So we're starting right here. And yes, it could be a two or three win season. You're right. But we got nowhere else to go but up from here. We got to see what we got and see what we can improve on. And I'm talking about everywhere. Coaching staff uh, everywhere. So uh, we'll check it out, see what we do. We could be surprised. Let's hope we are pleasantly. Thank you for the call, brother. It's always good. And our next caller, my good brother from Eastside Oak Town, Little Raider. What's up, my friend? Hey, what it do, Raider Nation? What it do, Raider Greg? It's Little Raider out there, Eastside Oakland. <coughs> My bad, I'm eating some wings. But anywho, um, just found out that uh, Terrell Pryor, that's our starting quarterback, and you know, no surprise. But I just wanna, I just wanna take time out and say, this man came, he came a long way. You know, getting suspended, you know, getting picked in the supplemental draft. Al Davis's last draft pick, rest in peace. You know. I'm pulling for this dude. I mean, I'm not saying he's gonna be like the next Colin Kaepernick, you know, the next, the next great quarterback. But you know, let's see what he does. And um, you know, whatever happens, happens. I'm gonna be pulling for this guy. Raider Nation, I'm out. I say the same thing, man. I hope that he is this story. I hope that he gets to the pinnacle. Hell yeah, I hope he's as good as Kaepernick and RG3 and anybody else that runs and guns. I hope he's as good as any one of them and he gets better as the season goes. That's my hope. Let's hope it happens. That's all I'm saying. Great call, brother. Thank you. And next from East LA, Los Angeles, Raider Chuco. What's up, my brother? Hey, what's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is Raider Chuco from East LA, California. I haven't talked to you guys in a while. I had a call today because I've been listening to a lot of bullshit in the radio, you know, those guys from uh, 95.7 The Game. They're talking a lot of crap about my Raiders, you know. Man, they're making it seem like the freaking Raiders are a bunch of freaking little kids from high school. They don't, what the heck, man? 
all the players and the Raiders teams, you know, they're professional players. We're going to do something. Everybody's making it seem like we're freaking stuck. Everybody's making it seem that we're going to have the first round pick already and everything. That's freaking bullshit. I can't wait until we prove all the motherfuckers wrong. At least freaking five games we're going to win this season. Five games. That's all I want. Five, five games. And I want the role player to fucking look like a freaking shiny star and shut every fucking body's mouth. Anyways, go Raiders and uh, see you guys again. Well, there you have it. Raider Chucos like the rest of us, man. I'm The press is working us hard because, you know, everything points to us sucking. So they're going to ride that until we change it. And we will. We will. And when we do... Then, you know, <laughs> we'd be walking a little bit taller. But I don't know, man. The Raider Nation stands tall no matter what. I don't, you know what? I just want the best for the team. I am sick of the haters. Trust me, brother. You're not alone. And our last and one of my most favorite callers ever, the Raider Biatch. What you got, girl? Hello, Nation. It's the Raider bitch. Could not let the start of the season go by without calling in to first and foremost thank my two favorite badass motherfucking Raiders, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. Thank you so much for everything you've done this off season. I've been a little sidetracked, but you have always been the first thing I listen to. It's just awesome, especially having it through the podcast. I can pick it up from anywhere I'm traveling, and you guys just keep it real, and I love it. So thank you for that. I know all the praise you get from everyone has got to be just exhausting. I don't know how you two handle it. But thank you guys so much for everything. So stoked for the season. Optimism, the way we always roll. You never know what's going to happen. I've never been crazy about Pryor, but we'll see. It's a new, young team. I think having Charles back is going to be good, at least kind of get some veteran perspective to some of these guys. So just wanted to say thanks. Looking forward to the season. And, uh, yeah, bitch slap in the pool uh, fantasy. I really kind of fucked up my picks. Yeah, I got graded a C plus. I think I'll be demoted into the, the shitty league again. <laughs> Thanks for including me. I love you guys. Thanks for everything, and go Raiders! Well, there's a fantasy team for y'all. Bitch slapped. <laughs> I love it, man. Thanks for the call and the props. Yeah, 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 wah, wah, wah. But, yeah, well, I always love the calls because you represent the biatches in the house, and I'm sure there's some out there. You know who you are listening in the background. Thanks for the call, girl. You know all the Raider love to you and yours. Whatever fan base they might particularly follow. Yeah. Well, Raider Nation, we are on the cusp. Or over the hump, I hope. Hump day. <laughs> it's hump day. On our way to a better future. This is the beginning. I don't know what happened last year, but this year for sure better show some signs of life. We better not have to defibrillate this team throughout the rest of the year. We should have a good team. We should have a good team of hardworking men getting better every game. That's what I'm looking forward to. And that's what I'm hoping to see. No expectations is my chant of the season. 
Let's hope we go out there and surprise some folks and blacken some eyes and punch some people out and let's get physical and become the Raiders of old, at least the defense. Come on, man. We got to have it happen. Let's see what happens. I'll be telling you what I think. You know that. All right. Till next week. This is Raider Greg, and I am out. <laughs> <laughs>